This evening we invite you to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. The book of Colossians, chapter 3. And tonight we want to take one verse for our text. Colossians, chapter 3. And we want to read verse number 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16. The Apostle Paul here is writing to the church at Colossae. And he writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of Excuse me, this text. This morning in our service, we considered the book of Proverbs, a book full of wisdom. Uh, and I ask you what you knew about the book. Uh, hopefully, you know a little more about it than what uh, perhaps you did uh, before. Uh, this evening, for a few moments, I want us to uh, consider the text that we have just read. Uh, it is a text that is a command, uh, uh, as we're going to see. It's a command which the Apostle Paul gives to the church at Colossae. And not only did he give it to the church at Colossae, but he also gave it to us also. A subject is found in the beginning of the verse, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That's the basic statement of the text. Now, as we consider our text tonight, we're going to consider that of the command. We're going to consider the how-to and the need. The command, the how-to, and the need. First of all, let's consider that of the command. Paul writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The first thing that we would draw your attention to here is that of the verb, the action part uh, of uh, the statement uh, here. And that verb is let dwell. Let dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, as we told you, this is a command. Uh, the verb here, it is in the imperative mood, which indicates that Paul here, he is giving a command, he's giving that of an exhortation. He's calling upon uh, that of this assembly here, uh, uh, commanding them uh, uh, to let the word of Christ dwell in them richly, and in all wisdom here. Now, as we consider the command, we want to ask some questions. What does Paul mean by let dwell here? Secondly, what is specified in the text that we are to let dwell? And then thirdly, how are we to let it dwell? First of all, what does Paul mean by let dwell. The word dwell here means uh, to live or to dwell, to inhabit or live in, be an inhabitant of, to exist or be situated within. 
The idea is that of a habitation. So uh, Paul here, as he gives a command, he's given a command with regards uh, uh, to something here uh, uh, that he wants them to let live or take that of habitation within them. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The word let, the idea here is to allow. To allow. Or to permit. That's the positive. But we could go to that of the negative, which would be that of not allowing or not permitting, rather that of rejecting. Rejecting. Here. As we think of the actual verb here, dwell, Paul here is speaking of a habitation. A habitation. That of a place where one finds that of a place to inhabit, to live. Uh, to find that of rest. A resting place. We think of that of our, our homes. Uh, there are a place where that we can go and uh, we uh, can go there and we can uh, rest. Rest from that of the world, that of the things of the world. Now, what Paul here is speaking of is not that. But what he goes on to tell us here in our text, which is that of the next uh, question that we ask of the command, is that is what is specified in the text that we are about to dwell and that is the Word of Christ. The Word of Christ. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now taking, taking that of what he is speaking of here, what is it that he's telling us to let dwell? It's the Word of Christ. Paul here is telling us, he's telling these dear saints to let that of the Word of Christ find that of a dwelling place within them. Uh, to find that of a resting place uh, within them. To find that of a place that would be home. A residence. That it would reside in them. Let the Word of Christ dwell or reside in you. Now, what does Paul mean uh, here by that of the Word of Christ? I'm told that the Alexandrian copy of the uh, version reads, let the Word of God dwell. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You know, as we look throughout that of the New Testament, we find uh, the word word or magos, and uh, it's used in the manner uh, uh, as far as that of the, uh, the way it's used here. It's used this way several times throughout the New Testament. We had the word of Christ. Over in James, uh, we have that of the word of truth. Uh, and also, James speaks of the engrafted uh, word. 
so what is Paul here speaking of here? Is he speaking of that of strictly that of the word of Christ himself? Or is he speaking of that of the message of Christ? Or is he indeed speaking of a wider view of that of the Word? That of the Word of God. That of the whole Word of God. I don't believe that in you know, any of those uh, ways uh, that one would pick uh, would take you off that of the wrong you know, the, the right track here. Paul here is wanting the Word of God or the message of Christ to dwell, to reside within these dear ones, in, in that of their hearts, to find that of a lodging place in that of their hearts. Now, as we think of the Word of Christ as the message of Christ, that would be the gospel and all that is connected with that of the gospel not merely just that of the uh, the gospel as we would think of it as Paul gives us a uh, a view of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 which we commonly think of as the gospel the death, burial and resurrection but the gospel in its greatness the the whole gospel message. Now, the gospel is truly that of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that in that of 1 Corinthians 15. But there's more to that of the gospel or the good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is that of the main elements, yes. But there's more. There's more. As we think about that of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it speaks, beloved, of that of His substitutionary work for us, uh, taking that of our place, paying that of our sin debt. It speaks of that of our pardon, that of our justification, that of our sanctification. All of this is connected and is involved in that of the message of the gospel. As we think about Jesus Christ and as He walked here upon the face of the earth, He, he called upon men uh, to come and to follow Him, to believe in Him and to follow in Him. So uh, it wasn't just merely that of them believing about Him or believing in Him. There was also something that actually took place afterwards that it was that of the following of Him. That's part of the Gospel, beloved. You know, uh, we think of people who make that of a profession of faith. They, uh, I tell you, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. You know, I'm trusting in Him. But they never follow Him uh, in scriptural baptism. They never uh, join up with that of, that of the people of God. There's something wrong there, beloved. There's something wrong there. You see, the gospel is more than just just that of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's also all these other things. That of the message of Christ. Come, follow me. We 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How are we to let this dwell? How are we to let this dwell? Or what is the manner of it? Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's, that's how. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, that word richly has the idea of abundance. Abundance. Abundantly. How abundantly does the gospel message dwell within you? How abundantly does the word of Christ, the words of Christ, that of the word of God dwell within you? Does it have a lodging place? Does it find that of a resting place in your heart? And if it does, uh, does it just lay there or does it, do, do, you, do you apply it? Do you meditate upon it? I think of that of the apostle, or not the apostle, but that of David, as he spoke of that of the law, the word, the word of God, there in Psalm 119. He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Uh, we ought to hide the word of God in, our, in, in that of our hearts. We ought to seek to have the word of God, the word of Christ, the message of Christ to be in abundance within that of our hearts so that it overflows that of our heart, overflows out of that of our life. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Ah, that's why you picked this verse, Brother Steve, isn't it? <laughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? What we would say to you that wisdom is knowledge, but wisdom is more than that of knowledge. Wisdom is more than that of knowledge. One can have great knowledge but not be wise. One can know a great deal of that of the Word of God and be able to quote you a great deal of the Word of God but not necessarily be wise. What do you mean, Brother Steve? The word, the word wisdom, the word wise speaks of that of someone who has skill. 
someone who has skill. One, one who has that of knowledge about that of uh, some uh, carpenter tool. They can take that tool uh, uh, and they can tell you about that tool. But if, but if, if they have wisdom with regards to that tool, if, if they're wise, you know, with regards to that tool, they're able to take that tool and use it skillfully. Skillfully. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Not just merely that of merely having the knowledge of it, but that of having that knowledge and being able to use it. Being able to use it. That's what Paul here is calling upon these cautions to do. To let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. To know it. To have knowledge of it. But not just having knowledge of it, but being able to use it. Being able to apply it to that of your life. Over in the book of Ephesians, Paul, he writes to the saints at Ephesus and in the fifth chapter, in verse number 15, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Paul here, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. And then he goes on to say, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know, he goes on to tell us, uh, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And he says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I think of the saints at Berea. They search the Scriptures daily, the Scriptures tells us. Do we search the Scriptures daily? Are we in the Scriptures daily? Do we search them? Do we think about them? Do we contemplate them? Are they in our heart? Are they dwelling within us? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So there we have what Paul meant by let dwell. What is specified in the text that we are to let dwell. And thirdly, how are we to let this dwell? Now we want to look at the how-to. How is it done? How is it done? Well, note what Paul goes on to write. 
keep in mind, beloved, he is writing to the church at Colossae. Assembly of God's people. You know, back over in the very first part of the book, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are a costly grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossians, to whom he is addressing. He says, Let the word of Christ do on you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. How is it done? Well, the first thing that we take note of is that word teaching there. Teaching. Instruction. How how may we let that of the Word of Christ dwell within us? By that of being taught. Being taught that of the Word of Christ. Teaching. Admonishing. The word admonishing, the idea here is that, of course, of that of warning. Teaching would be giving that of instructions. Admonishing would be that of warning. By by being taught, by being warned, uh, by that of the Word of God, we're letting that come within, find, finding that a resting place. So, Paul here, he's, he's, he's telling them the way that they can let the Word of Christ dwell within them. Teaching and admonishing one another. One another. There are many passages in the New Testament uh, in that of the apostles uh, of the apostle Paul where this phrase one another uh, 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 is is used by the apostle Paul. God's assembly is a community. A community of that of brethren, that of sisters. And beloved, we are to encourage one another. Instruct one another. Warn one another. You know, he goes on to say, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. It's done through that of teaching. It's done through that of admonishing or warning. And it's done through that of singing. 
admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, beloved, it's important that we that we gather together as God's people. That we might be taught, that we might be taught by one another, encouraged by one another, by that of being warned by the Word of God by one another, and encouraging one another by that of singing with melody and out of our hearts unto uh, the Lord. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. If you look over in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, you find similar language. Again, beginning with verse number 15, Paul writes in the 5th chapter of Ephesians, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So Paul wrote similar language to that of the saints at Ephesus, which made up that great assembly uh, there. Lastly, we want to consider that of the need of it. The need of it. The need of this is because of the evil day. It was, it was needful in that of Paul's day. And because it was an evil day. And beloved, likewise, it's the same for us in that of our day. We live in that of an evil day. And much, 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 much more as far as things to draw us away from that of the Lord and from that of the things of the Lord. You know, I was thinking, I've, I've looked, you know, you know, in, you know, in, on the internet, I've looked on uh, that of uh, listing of churches. It's amazing, you know, and sad how many churches no longer have that of evening services on Sunday night. They just don't have them. They don't have them on Wednesday night. They just merely have them on Sunday morning. 
Brethren, that ought to tell us something about that of our day. It ought to tell us something, beloved, about that of our time and uh, that of uh, the very fact that we are, we're, we're coming, we're coming to uh, that of a very, very dark, dark time. Back in Paul's day, down through the years after Paul's day and the apostles, God's people, they, they, they hid you know, and had services. They memorized the Scriptures. They, they spoke those Scriptures to one another. But the way it looks in our day, there's not going to be too many around that's going to be doing that. Because even those who profess faith in Christ, they're, they're falling away. They're falling by the wayside. We need it in our day because of the time and the evil of the day. We need it for our comfort and that of our encouragement. Our comfort and that of our encouragement. Oh, beloved, the gospel, the good news. What a blessing it is. And oh, may it be blessed to that of our hearts on a daily basis, that God would be pleased to bless that message to that of our hearts. That old, old story of Jesus and His love. Of that of what He did upon the cross for us. How that He took our place, paid that of our sin debt, was buried and that He arose again. And that He's coming back for us. I think of those words there in John chapter 14, which we just recently considered. Let not your hearts be troubled, ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again for you. Oh, beloved, what a blessing those, those words are. Jesus is coming. Coming for His own. The need for it. Yes, beloved, we need. We need to let the Word of Christ dwell richly in that of our hearts in wisdom. It be in our hearts and that it would overflow into that of our life. That of our walk. Every day. All right. We'll have a closing hymn. Let us stand. <clears throat> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that 
Cheryl, 